Musical Consciousness. Welcome to Musical Consciousness, where I, the host Miguel, talk about musical theater stream of consciousness style. Welcome everybody to episode two. I hope you enjoyed episode one where I just talk about me and uh, why I've done this podcast and, you know, my relationship with musical theater. Uh, And this week, I am, I just have been so busy this week, honestly. I mean, I'm recording this episode so late. When you hear this, I'm literally recording on the day that this is going to be posted. So I'm doing really well this week as you can probably tell. Um, anyway, I have been so busy this week. I was uh, just doing so much admin work um, for my before my return to England. So I, it's just been so, 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 so hectic. And I went to visit my sister in the weekend um, to see my nephew. And, you know, it was all cute. It was all lovely. And I really enjoyed myself. So it was a little bit relaxed. It was a little bit of like really busy admin work, but also like not really nice and relaxing and chilled out to like hang out with my little nephew. And it's been so much fun. Uh, one of the things that I'm going to be talking about this week is that over the weekend, I streamed the last five years at the Southwark Playhouse um, so, you know, I, my first time ever watching a live streamed show, um, it was very, very, very good. If you guys listen to the first episode, you will know that I have an incredible relationship with the last of years. It's one of the first shows that really got me into like, you know, a, to the, a little bit more contemporary sound of musical theater that was a little bit more, you know, um, belty and uh, you know that that sort of vibe a little bit more jazzier a little bit more you know f- uh, upbeat and fun well it's not very fun because the show is very very sad but yeah it was amazing it if I this is really high praise and I know it's really high praise but truly it was probably my favorite version of the last five years that I've seen so far and I've seen like so many different versions. I mean, I've seen, well, by versions, I mean, I've seen bootlegs, which again, I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I've seen bootlegs of, you know, the original cast with Shay Renee Scott and Norbert Leo Butts, and that was amazing. I've heard some audios from Betsy Wolf and Adam Cantor. Um, even, you know, some London productions like Lauren Samuels, um, who I personally think is incredibly underrated, um, and Samantha Barks even so you know there's a variety there there's really a huge there's there's really a variety of like different show different versions of the show that i've heard and truly if i'm truly honest i have never seen the show the way it has been presented in this particular production it was amazing so um the last five years uh, if anyone doesn't know is about a couple kathy and jamie um and their failed relationship so, of course, throughout this um, podcast, there will be spoilers about the show. So if you don't want to know anything about uh, the show, you might want to, you know, skip out of this. But please listen to my opinions, because this is, like I said in the first episode, this is like my space to really talk about musical theater, to talk about these kind of, all of my thoughts on these things. So, right. The last five years is about uh, this couple, Kathy and Jamie, who, you know, they... They got married within five years, and obviously their relationship only lasted five years, and they ended up getting divorced at the end of it. Kathy is telling the story from the end, 
So she starts at the end of their relationship going back to when they started, whereas Jamie tells a story chronologically. So she tells it from the start of, the, of their relationship all the way down to the end of their relationship. Um, I mean, just the concept on its own is brilliant. And it's just the two of them on stage. So there's only two actors on stage the whole show. And um, it's just, and they never interact. They're never interacting with each other. They're, they're, they have their own solo songs. So it's just literally Kathy's song, Jamie's song, Kathy's song, Jamie's song. And, you know, they never interact until they meet at the middle, which, was, which is their proposal scene and their marriage scene. So, um, you know, you get, so it's, it's, that's the only moment that they really interact with each other and they really, you know, sing together. Of course, they sing together at the end of the show in Goodbye Until Tomorrow slash I Could Never Rescue You. But they're not really singing to each other. Well, they are, but they're singing to different versions of each other at that point because he's at the end of their relationship and she's just still starting and she's she's still at the fresh start of their, you know, relationship where it's all so exciting and it's all so nuanced and, and, um, you know, it's thrilling. And she's really in love with this guy now at this point. Anyway, um, the Southwark Playhouse version um, in Off West End was an actor-musician production, which means that um, the actors are also playing some of the music. What I quite liked about the production was that they didn't play all of the music. They had had a real band behind them, you know. So the stage, so if you look at the stage, it's legitimately just a piano right in the middle of the stage, and um, that's that's sitting on a revolving um, stage. Like, it, it's a circular revolving stage, and it turns around um, as the show goes on. There are a couple chairs um, so, uh, and on the stage, and the stage is audience level. It's audience level, so I imagine that the theater goes... Uh, it goes upwards um, uh, from the stage level, and audiences sit all around. Um, so it's kind of... It kind of feels like... Um, theater in the round, but it's not exactly theater in the round because it's not. It doesn't really go all the way around. Um, so yeah, um, there's a piano right in the middle, and right behind them is a big sign, L5Y. That's like LED lights, and they're constantly like turning on and off throughout the show. And then um, the band sits right behind um, that big sign, and they're they're situated on top, so they're a little, they stand a little bit higher than where the actors in the stage is. Um, so that's kind of like the whole setup of the show. And it's interesting to see the way the show starts. It's like, so the show starts and it's just Molly Lynch as Kathy and um, Ollie Higginson as Jamie. And they enter and literally like these, like these, uh, the doors just open and they like, they're standing right there and there's a light right behind them that's shining right across them. So you legitimately can't see their faces. All you can see is like the outline of their bodies and they're looking straight out into the audience. That's how it starts. Because the show usually starts right away with, you know, the first song, Kathy's song, Still Hurting. And the music is... Which becomes like the melody of, you know, that, that, that melody becomes like a signal of their... Uh, of something bad is going going to happen within their relationship, and the first few chords of "Still Hurting," um, you know, is like it. It kind of comes back throughout the show as a way of like, as a way of like signaling, "Oops, we're starting to have problems here. We're starting to have problems here." 
Um, and that's it's a really cool score. Jason Robert Brown's a genius. Anyway, um, so they come in through and they're just walking around the, st- the stage, and suddenly, um, Jamie sits. Ollie Higginson, as Jamie, sits on the piano and plays the first few notes of "Still Hurting," and then blue light wash over the stage, and it's and Molly Higgins sings through "Still Hurting." Um, and it was really cool. I think they gave it such a dynamic thing. It didn't. It it felt a little trippy, if I'm quite honest. It felt a little trippy because it was like, oh, all of a sudden they're there, and it's such an unusual start for the show, and it did feel like they were just telling their story and they were trying to tell that it, it felt a little Brechtian actually funnily enough to me it felt a little Brechtian because it was like it was it felt like because they came out like that because they came out like that it felt like these actors were trying to be objective and were like we're not really these characters we're just presenting you this story the story and it's like and it was a little bit it, it felt like they were a little bit detached from the characters which is really interesting um way to present the show and i think and i but i truly think it was super super effective and it worked in their favor um it was amazing and so yeah so uh, so they would play music for each other um you know they would kind of go and come back to the to the grand piano in the middle of the stage and play for the other for the other person or sometimes they would play the song together or you know they would start the song and like for example, like uh, in Moving Too Fast, when uh, in Jamie's song Moving Too Fast, when he's playing the song, um, he starts out it just him playing the music, and then, um, and then she takes over as he's like running around the stage and really singing through it. Um, so that in itself, like them coming together and like you know replacing each other on the music, it felt purposeful. It felt really purposeful, and I thought it it was really amazing because I, it it created new meanings throughout the show. Like, for example, in a part of that, um, which is Kathy's song somewhere in the uh, later... It's, it's a song right after CM Smiling. So she's uh, still, you know, in this happy days and she's trying to convince herself that, you know, she's still a part of this relationship and she still, she's still like a big um, necessity in this relationship, even though in her, realistically she's just convincing herself that she is. Um, anyway, and they really created that feeling um, so he was playing for her and he's doing um, all the lower octaves and she comes in, uh, in the, uh, towards the end of the song and she starts playing the melody of I'm a part of that, I'm a part of that um, on the piano and she's singing it as well but she's singing it on the, the higher octave which creates such an, such incredible meaning because realistically when you're playing the piano you don't really need that higher octave. So it, it created that meaning of like Am I really necessary? Do I really need to be playing this? Like, am I really part of this relationship? And throughout that number, like, they were so they were. I mean, the piano is. I mean, a, a grand piano is a grand piano. It's it's quite it's quite a large piano. But you know, she was stood at the side, and he was sat on the chair, and the distance between them made it feel like you know, um, made it feel like they were so close yet so far from each other and it was amazing like that was really amazing and i thought that that created so much meaning throughout the show um so amazing uh another example of like them using the music to create like so much meaning is in um jamie's song uh nobody needs to know and this one really like gave me chills all throughout my body um so when he starts singing 
the the verse where he goes, all that I ask for is one little corner. Um, so in the music, there's a little bell that goes bang, bang, and um, that's always been there, like since since the beginning of, of the show, in any iteration of the show, it's always kind of been there. But the way that they did it was that Kathy gets up, grabs like this hammer-looking thing, goes to the bell that's right behind her, the door that she entered through. And she starts clanging it, clanging it, and clanging it throughout the song, and it sent shiver down, shivers down my spine because it then created this feeling of like she's dooming him, she's threatening him. Here she is. This is my death toll. I'm calling you now. And at that moment, it creates that feeling, and it's it's so perfectly en- encompasses like how Jamie feels in that moment because she he feels like he can't save her anymore, and he feels like. He, she's constantly threatening his his life and his comfort and his you know and and everything and so that 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 feeling of like that creating that doomsday bell and or that death tolling bell is amazing I thought that was brilliant um, and it it created so much meaning so much more meaning in that scene and it was it was really amazing um, so yeah so that's for like the music and the use of actor musician um, it was brilliant Molly Lynch and Ollie Higginson absolute superstars they are going to be like staples on the west end i'm sure of it i'm so sure of it molly higgin molly lynch sorry not molly higginson molly lynch great actress such a wonderful breathtaking actress she made choices that were so new to the character like i didn't every iteration of the show i feel like has been kind of similar to one another. Like, for example, in See I'm Smiling, like, she really went for the emotion. She was angry from the get-go. Whereas I feel like other actresses, like, for example, Sherry Renee Scott, or even Anna Kendrick in the, in the movie, in the movie version of the show, they, they build up the anger. They build up the anger. They're kind of like slowly building up. Whereas Molly Lynch was immediately angry. Like, she went, you know what makes me crazy? I'm sorry, can I say this? Like, she really went for it. She was screaming. She was angry. She was full of emotion. She was great. And, you know, she made these choices that were so interesting and dynamic that I didn't see it that way. Like, I never realized that Kathy is really hurt in that moment. Like, obviously, she's really hurt. Like, and she's... But I've I've always felt like she's 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 been constantly trying to like keep it in and uh, keep it in and this is the only moment where she's finally like blowing up on on Jamie, but to see her blow up from the get go, is something else. It, it, she was great. Um, she did that choice really well. Um, Ollie Higginson, uh, is an incredible incredible performer, um, all around. I love his voice. Super seamless super easy it's like he has no passages in his voice and that makes me so angry because that just means his mixing game is so balanced that you can't even hear him transition and that's so annoyingly good it's frustrating to me because it's like oh can i i just want that voice i just want to be able to sing like that you know but um he was amazing he was really good he he had his acting was so dynamic as well um he was a really great singer. I forgot to also mention about Molly Lynch's singing. And um, her singing was really, really good. Don't get me wrong. I just felt like her voice didn't particularly suit the music. I loved her version of I Can Do Better Than That. I felt like her voice really suited that song. But um, the rest of the score was a little bit iffy for me because I felt like she was... It felt like she was a legit soprano trying to belt. Obviously, she could belt. 
there's no denying that she can belt, but it just didn't feel strong enough. A lot of it felt really thin and really like, you know, a little bit nasally and thin, but um, I didn't mind it. Like it, you, it kind of grew on me as the show went on and I loved her acting. I think her acting really made up for that. Her acting really covered her for that and she was really great regardless of, you know, regardless of my feelings toward her voice. She was still like amazing. Really, really, really amazing. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, so that's Molly Lynch and Ollie Higginson, both incredible performers. They're going to be staples in the West End. Um, I thought the direction of the show was amazing. Every little, it was so, like, it, it, it was so purposeful. So many things were so purposeful. And it was, you know, when the songs were really fun, it was really fun. And I like that about the show. I like that they really made Kathy and Jamie feel so young like they were so young and it you know and to me that makes so much sense because obviously they got they rushed into their relationship you know and that gave me a new perspective into the show like they they clearly they were clearly so young they were clearly like just in their own feelings and riding on a high that they but they didn't really know each other all that well realistically like they didn't actually know each other all that well they probably really did love each other but they didn't really know each other all that well and they didn't really know themselves all that well and so you know rushing into that relationship didn't really just didn't work for them obviously this is not me saying that everyone shouldn't get together when they were young when they're too young like it works out for some people it really does like you know there are people who get married super early and they're still married up to you know until they die essentially you know and that works for some, but in this particular case, it just didn't work out for them because they just didn't know who they were and they just weren't secure in themselves. I mean, Jamie, you know, one perspective that really changed about, uh, that really made me realize more things about Jamie's character was that Jamie saw Kathy as exotic, as someone exciting, you know, and I, I never realized that. Like, the whole song of Shiksa Goddess is essentially him saying, this girl, she's not like any woman I've ever met because she's not Jewish. And so realistically, it's like, to him, it's like, oh my goodness, he's, she's this girl is exotic. Mm, she's exciting. You know, I've never had someone like her. So, you know, at that moment, it didn't, it's not per se, you know, real love per se at the, in that moment. But um, it just didn't work out. I, I, it just felt like he was going after her because she was exciting and, ex and different rather than it being like, I like this girl for her, for who she is and what she is. Do you know what I mean? Um, and that's how it felt like in, for that song anyway. And then, um, but then he also was like looking for someone else, looking, constantly looking out for someone else, even after they were married. I mean, you know, he has a whole song. He has a whole song after the next 10 minutes where he's legitimately just talking about diff, the diff, like, different women who want to fuck him essentially is the song you know so it's like so it's really it, it really gave this this perspective of like well he clearly doesn't know what he wants and he clearly feel it clearly feels like you know he's looking for something else outside of what they have because all he knew about kathy was that she was exciting she was exotic she was something different and so he needed someone else as well out there which is why he ended up cheating later on but that's only one of the reasons why he cheated he also felt like you know kathy he felt he felt tied up with Kathy in the sense that he felt like he had to save her, whereas all she wanted was his support rather than him wanting to save her. So, you know, it, a lot of this show is really just miscommunication. And that's really, you know, the main 
an important thing of any relationship that you need to have really good communication, man. Um, and then you have Kathy. Um, like I said in the getting to know me, getting to know me uh, podcast, my first episode, when I spoke about the last five years, Kathy just never grew with their relationship. And it's true. She never did. You know, when you see her in CM smiling, all she wants is to go back to the time when they were really in love, you know, before they were married, you know, they want to go back. She wanted to go back into that time. But realistically, you can never go back in the time and you can never have that time back because now you're two different people. You're not going to ever be the same people that you were back then. And so, it, it, you know, that obviously that's one really big, you know, thing that she just never grew up. She never realized she didn't, she didn't want to she didn't want to move forward. With an issue. She didn't want to grow. She wanted to stay put because she thought that they were okay. She thought that that was the best version of their relationship that they've ever had, that they could have. Um, besides that, Kathy already was also having the mindset of, you know, I will not be the girl who be asked how it feels to be trotting along in the genius's heels. I mean, she's already in the mindset of competing against Jamie. Jamie, who was riding on a high of everything moving so quickly in his career, whereas she was still gradually getting there. She, was, she wasn't she was as successful as Jamie was. So, you know, that that was kind of the whole point. And it, it, there was so much competition between them, and it was really just so interesting to see that dynamic. And I thought that this particular production really brought that out. It was just so amazing and i loved that they were they really played it like they were like they were really young like it was really fun there were so many really really fun moments in the show and it was really great like for example um kathy's song summer in ohio i mean she's playing a ukulele throughout that song she's dancing around the stage she's just having fun and uh jamie and shmuel's song he's like he has a dollhouse and he's like talking about Shmuel with the dolls and he comes up on the piano and he's playing the guitar while he's saying his na 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 and it's really really nice really really fun moments and it and it the whole show to me felt like it was just these two actors having fun on stage while also breaking many hearts because the show was very sad <laughs> so you know props to the people who directed the show props to the cast it was amazing props to the lighting designers because oh my goodness it was amazing props to the musical director because they made a lot of different changes on the uh arrangements of the show like there was a lot more rock and roll and instead of a jazzy feel and it was really great i i like the the decisions you know a lot of it really gave me chills and it was really nice um so that's the last five years at the southwark playhouse i as I've said before, I really, really enjoy it. And I love the last five years. And I truly do believe that this is probably my favorite version of the show. I've always said that um, the original cast with Sherry Renee Scott and Norbert Leo Butts were my favorite. And they still remain to be my favorite in terms of like the soundtracks, uh, the cast albums, sorry, not soundtracks. Ooh, don't come for me. Please don't come for me. Uh, but in terms of the cast albums that are available, I will always choose to listen to the Sherry Renee Scott and Norbert Leo Butts version just because that's what I grew up with and that's what I got used to. Um, I also really like um, the movie version of it with Jeremy Jordan and Anna Kendrick. They were really, really great. Like, um, it was also a really good version, but I think what the movie does that the show, like, that, that didn't, that didn't really that I didn't I don't know if it really translated well is that in the in the movie they're con they are interacting with each other they are with each other and they're 
you know, they're acting with each other and they're talking to each other throughout their songs. Um, whereas in the musical version, it's just them and it, they're never interacting with the other person. And I, I feel like the, the no interaction with the character gives it so much more artistic value. And I, I, and I understand that that's not particularly possible in a movie. That's really hard to do in a movie, you know, to like not let them interact at all. I mean, it takes away a lot of context and a lot of like, uh, meaning, uh, if you don't understand what's happening but it yeah i the movie version isn't my favorite but i thought i still enjoyed it regardless because i mean it's jeremy jordan who doesn't like jeremy jordan he's so amazing like he his vocal cords are something else i wish i could sing like him uh yeah so the other version of the show that i feel like is so underrated is lauren samuels as kathy in the last of years there's not many clips of her online singing uh the songs but there are a couple clips of her i think there's a version of her singing a summer in ohio and i can do better than that i mean i can do better than that is my favorite absolute favorite kathy song like happy kathy song and um her version is really great she has a really stunning belt so strong um, and she's a really good actress. Like, she's really funny. Like, she does have her really, really funny moments, especially in A Summer in Ohio. Like, killer belt, killer voice. And I think she's really great. Um, she's, a, she's really underrated, in my opinion. Um, Betsy Wolf and Adam Cantor version isn't my favorite ever. Um, and I think it's just because of uh, the arrangements that they made. It was just so different from the original that... I don't know. For me, I, I, it wasn't, it wasn't my jam particularly. I thought Betsy Wolf was a, a great singer. Like I, I do like Betsy Wolf's voice, and you know, very easy to listen to. But uh, yeah, I can't. Uh, for some reason, I just can't sit down and listen to the whole soundtrack with uh, cast recording. Sorry, with Betsy Wolf and Adam Cantor, um, and that's just my preference. Um, so yeah, so that's the last five years. Um, and that's essentially what I have to talk about this week. Um, there's not much really to talk about. What else is there? What else can I talk about? Oh, The Prom. I want to talk about The Prom coming to Netflix. Here's the thing. I don't really know a lot about The Prom, um, which is really shameful for me because I am the gayest of the gay and The Prom is about the gays. Um, and I need to get on that. I really do need to get on that. But um, I think I might search for a bootleg and watch the bootleg before I watch the um, the movie that's coming out on Netflix. Mainly because I just think the promo for the Netflix movie has been so shite. Um, like, I'm sorry, but the, the promo for the Netflix movie, what's more important about the prom, the whole point of the, the musical of the prom is that these two lesbian, this lesbian couple, sorry, not two, this lesbian couple wants to be able to go to their prom together and dance together and yet you know they're constantly focusing on the star-studded cast they're focusing on Meryl Streep James Corden Andrew Reynolds you know everyone else except for the lesbian couple which is I don't know in my opinion it's not really great uh the promo is pretty it's pretty terrible like have you seen the if any of you have seen um the poster for the for the proms uh for the prom on netflix it is shocking like the fact that they put the lesbian couple at the back and they featured all of the main cast it's so 
it's so disappointing. It's so disappointing because you think, finally, we're being represented. Finally, we're going to be represented. And yet, the way that they've gone about it is like, it feels really cheap. And it feels like they're kind of just saying, well, we're not, you guys should support us because we're not homophobic. Here's a lesbian show. You know? I don't know. Just my thoughts. Just my thoughts on that. I mean, I'm still going to watch it. I think I'm still definitely going to watch it because I am really curious. And everyone has told me that The Prom is really, really, is a really good story. It's a really good show and it's really fun. Um, so, yeah, I think I still will watch it. I don't know if I'll watch the bootleg, but I, we'll see. We'll see what comes about. Uh, so yeah, I think that's all I have for you guys in today's episode. I hope you enjoyed my, um, quick overview of the last five years at the Southwark Playhouse off West End. It was a really great show. I really quite enjoyed it. Also, thank you for listening to my rant on the prom on Netflix, because it really did, like, upset me. Um, so, but if you agree with my opinion, please like this podcast um follow this podcast on breaker google podcasts anchor.fm and spotify if you're listening on any of those please follow it um thank you so much for listening uh to this episode um a new one will be coming out again next week also do not forget to follow my instagram page at musical consciousness i hope you all enjoyed this episode and i hope you all have a great day Bye. Musical consciousness.